Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bray Wyatt has returned to WWE, but what do you do next? I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined... A terrible D-A-D there. D-A-D, and I'm joined by your Jam That Champion. Oh, sorry, hang on. Tempest. God, we're really off our games today, aren't we? You can <laughs> tell we're recording this late on a Thursday as opposed oh. to midday on a Thursday. Yeah. We've got no Pete here again. That's right. We are two-thirds of the Blackpool Content Club because Pete Quinnell's on holiday. What What the nerve of that fellow. I know. I, I came off my holiday and I'm here. Dude just, like, is always taking time off. Like, I never see him around the office anymore. No. Like, I walk in and he'll sit there at his desk. He'll give me the finger and then he'll just say, I'm off for a couple of days now. And he'll just leave. I was like, dude, it's 10 a.m. Does no work. Just, That's what just sits there. Refuses to book Jive Owens and then leaves. <laughs> it will be his downfall, mark my words. <laughs> but yeah, we're here today on the Blackpool Content Club to talk about Bray Wyatt's return. Now, I've given my thoughts uh, in both news episodes and on the podcast review. Tempest, as a man who was never really that into The Fiend, you were, you were there for his debut match. I was into The Fiend for precisely one day. <laughs> How how did you find Bray Wyatt's return at Extreme Rules? I mean, I think the return was executed perfectly. It was a perfect example to me of let's not swerve the people because they've figured it out, which to me is always the dumbest thing that you can do when the people are actually excited about this thing that they've figured out. Looking at you, Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I just didn't think it was right for this scene for John to be important. Anyway... <laughs> I, I think it, it shows how ready people were to have Bray Wyatt back in WWE. This has always been a character that has connected with a lot of people, even if I wasn't one of them. And I'm not going to look down on this return or look down on what they've been able to do, because I think the White Rabbit stuff was all done very well. It awesome. And it has led to one of the bigger returns that WWE has had, really, in my memory, you know, for a long, long time. Like, since the... It's got to be, like, the biggest one since Cena at the end of Money in the Bank. But even still, that was just, like, you know, 
It was the return pop. Everyone was excited to see him. It was a big moment. And I think people expected him back around that time yeah. as well. It, it was a different sort of feeling. There was a bit more pomp, circumstance, presentation to it. And obviously Bray Wyatt has always been someone who has had a lot of pomp, circumstance, and presentation to him. So I think it all just worked out really well. But now, of course, the question is, what do you do next? Yeah, it was a return that like was pretty spectacular. It did great YouTube numbers as well, mm -hmm. which is like a real big uh, WWE metric metric in terms of like what is tracking what is uh you know what is getting over and things like that and like i, I said this in the news episode i did about this that may sound like oh you know 3.3 million views across the the two videos that they posted up it doesn't sound like it's a whole thing but actually like what bray wise return across two videos got 3.3 million views it was like 2.2 and 1.1 across the two things right the matches got like 250,000 mm -hmm. each so like it was way outpacing everything else that was on the show the only things that came close were edge kicking dominic mysterio in the dick yeah nothing actually else around that match just him kicking dominic mysterio in the nads That's what everybody wanted to see and oddly a 40 second backstage promo with Liv morgan mm -hmm. and that is because people started to say oh she's going to join the white six yeah so then if you go and check out the comments on that video a lot of it is just like white six white six white six white six she sister abigail x or x y and z and that's why that video ended up doing way better numbers than most of their 40 second backstage interview interviews do yeah so i think that it had an incredible impact on the show and social media for the following 24 hours i took a lot of heat on both the main rest talk channel and on the podcast channel because i said your lack of follow-up on that on raw is a fumbled ball because it's the hottest thing coming out of a pay-per-view mm. and to have zero follow-up on it on raw is a massive massive mistake mm -hmm. i wanted to get your take on this as well because like as i said like dan didn't think it was that big of a deal and you know a lot of the comments told me that i overreacted to it but I've had multiple texts from people who don't watch the product a lot text me and say, why wasn't Wyatt on Raw? Mm -hmm. I think, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. Because to me, when you look at something like this, you don't just look at it from the perspective of people who are watching every week. Because they'll go out and they'll say, like, Bray Wyatt's expected on SmackDown, he's going to do this, and he's going to be on SmackDown going forward. That's all well and good for the people that are watching the show. But when something like this happens, you get the people who don't watch wrestling regularly. They tune into Raw the next day to see what happens next. And if you don't get that follow-up, then you probably don't see them the next week. Exactly. Also, and I, I pointed this out on the show previously. Oh, I deleted the image, so I can't show this. But they oh, had a ooh. graphic up on screen that said, The Return of Bray Wyatt tonight's season premiere of Raw. What they meant by that is, we're going to show you the return of Bray Wyatt in full. But it was a wonderful bit of false advertising. Mm -hmm. Carney BS that, that wrestling is very, very... It was honestly a brilliant bit of Carney BS but also was like a massive kick in the nards to anyone who was excited to see Bray Wyatt on Raw. Yeah. And like, you know, people are like, well, he's a SmackDown guy, so of course they're going to save him to SmackDown. Like, Sami Zayn wrestled on Raw? The brand split doesn't exist. No, it's, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Like, you should have had a plan in place. You should have known, that, and they must have known, this was going to be the biggest news coming out of Extreme Rules. Absolutely. So to have next to nothing the following night i think is just a huge fumbled opportunity not saying it's killed bray wyatt not saying it's killed i mean have, i think it has killed some interest off of extreme rules it's a whole week afterwards so i think it has killed some interest but it will do a very good thing on smackdown we'll get to find out what that is 
But we're recording this before SmackDown's Ed, so we mm-hmm. actually don't know what Bray Wyatt has in store for us here. In, if anything, we may go on to Friday and still not know. We mm-hmm. still may not know coming off of SmackDown because he's very cryptic in all of his videos and stuff. So this is going to be a very different sort of like, oh, that's fancy book Bray. We haven't got like stories or anything planned. I think it's going to be more of a discussion piece because as we were talking about in the office, it's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of the time you can look at the different characters and the different wrestlers in WWE. And sometimes it can be very simple. You can just look at like, who do they have history with? Who would make a good match? Yeah. You know, Johnny Gargano comes back into the into the company. You can pair him up with just about anybody and it will make for a good match. And like Austin Theory is like a perfect first person for him exactly. because of their history in NXT. Gallows and Anderson come back. It's like, well, okay, I can see where they're going with this. Braun Strowman comes back. Oh, I can see who you would do is with here. You don't have a lot of the same sort of thing with Bray. And even the ones that you do have, and this again might just be my bias, having not enjoyed a lot of what Bray Wyatt has done for a good amount of his career in WWE, I don't necessarily want to see the obvious answers. Like, you look at the people that you could put him with, be it like a Braun Strowman or something like that, the people that he has obvious history with, and I'm like, I don't really want to see that. I do kind of want to see something new. And come on, coming up with something new is a lot harder than just pulling from bits of history and, ex, you know, accentuating them. Yeah, I don't want to see him feud with Seth Rollins. Right. Like, that's, you know, an easy one to go with because of their history with Hell in a yeah. Cell and, and, and Saudi Arabia and all that sort of stuff. But I don't want to see, because I'm really enjoying what Seth is doing mm-hmm. over here. And now that he's won the US Championship... I don't want to see him go into a feud with with Bray Wyatt. Like that is something I want to stay far clear from. Braun's another one. I really I've got zero interest in watching Bray feud with Braun because they just had dog ass matches during the pandemic, and I've got zero interest in seeing those again. Yeah. So it's it's difficult to try and nail down what exactly I want to see from this, and I'll I'll kind of take it back to when I did enjoy Bray Wyatt's work because I think to to me. Still, with the exception of like there were there were bits and bobs of the the I, and I say I only enjoy the fiend stuff for one night. It's not exactly true, you know. He obviously does a very good job of portraying this character that he'd come up with them, but you know WWE just did what they did with him and and made it very difficult for me to enjoy that same. That being said, I want to see what comes from the creative mind of Bray Wyatt. I think the time the time that I enjoyed his work most was when he was new on the main roster, was a cult leader, and his entire character was just, he's a silver-tongued devil, and he's got people following him because he's good at talking. That's it. That was his entire character. And then the more and more they got into the supernatural side of things, the less I became enjoyed by it. And this, to me, is a real opportunity to completely reinvent Bray Wyatt. I don't know if they're going to do this, but I would like to see... Maybe they go a completely different direction where even if he's not any of the sort of characters that he had been, maybe you do something where you look at this guy the same sort of way that they looked at Mick Foley instead of Mankind back in in the Attitude Era. And he's still playing the character of Mankind, but you're getting some sort of blend behind the the man, behind the character. You mix Mm -hmm. them together a little bit. 
and maybe have a little bit more Wyndham Rotunda in this Bray Wyatt as kind of like this tortured soul who's been on this journey through WWE and has experienced all these different things. I think if you just give him the opportunity to do that and just project whatever he wants to project into that mix of characters, I think that would be the most interesting option. And I think you could then take that and go in new directions that aren't reliant on previous history. And that brings us kind of into the the, the Wyatt Six discussion, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that's what his Twitter handle is. People are assuming it's going to be some sort of faction. His debut saw real-life versions of the puppets from the funhouse of mm. Huskus and Sister Abigail and Mercy the Buzzard. And then when actually they showed the Firefly Funhouse, everyone was kind of dead. Like, mm -hmm. the puppets were all dead. They had cobwebs over them. They've been ignored and abandoned. So, like, is the human version of them mean that they have stepped away from being, you know, they have almost been manifested into puppet form like you know you can do that in sort of the spooky way or in the cult leader style of bray he has awarded someone you have been awarded the the right. huskus role you have been awarded the mercy role that to me is a lot more interesting yeah because i get that a lot of people like the the hocus pocus supernatural side of wrestling i just don't it's not really for me i'm not going to take anything away from other people who do enjoy it and if this ends up being that then all right fair play that's something for you as opposed to for me but if i'm booking this the way that i would want to see it i think that's just so much more interesting yeah because it's not that he has superpowers and can control people's minds it's just that he has influence over people. Yes. If you can convince someone to do something for you just with your words, that's so much more interesting than, whoa, I put a spell over Alexa Bliss. That well, that's exactly it. Like when it was in NXT, that was its that was its ultimate form. Yeah. That Wyatt family was the ultimate version of that gimmick, which was Bray Wyatt, the backwards cult leader, rocking in his chair, just doing those sermon type things, like, like the red states, you know, mm -hmm. sort of sermon things that he was doing. And Harper and Rowan were his disciples that people had bought into his cult. It's why like Harper had like the dirty vest on and the jeans and that, and Rowan had the mask, and because they were horror B-movie horror yeah. villain characters. And that was great. The problem was the second you put him onto the main roster, you're like, oh no, he's magic now. And now he's got like magic lanterns and he can make lights and this, that, and the other. And it worked until he faced Cena. And like, then it, and then it the really The build up fell to Cena was like where they were starting to do things. Like Cena was seeing the sheet mask in the mirror and he turned around, it wasn't there. And yeah. Remember the little blue light in the yeah. ring as well? It was like, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. But like it just, it really fell off a cliff and then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until they killed the character completely dead. Mm -hmm. Took a little while off. And then that's when we got this wonderful, the Mr. Rogers Bray. Yeah. This brand new reinvention of someone who was, had been driven so mad by his own bad booking that he'd created this world in which he was in control of things. And so the puppets were manifestations of all the bad parts of his booking. Huskers the Pig Boy yep. was a direct reference to Vince McMahon saying he was out of shape. You were fat and you are never going to be a top guy because you are not in top guy shape. Mm -hmm. Mercy the Buzzard was a Waylon Mercy. It was the, yep. you know, that's where he took a lot of influence from his character from. Then you have Sister Abigail. Um, who else was it? Rambling Rabbit. People used to say that his promos, because of the way they were written by WWE Creative, were just rambling nonsense. Mm -hmm. So he created this world that was all of WWE's bad booking manifested into different creations. And then The Fiend was someone that he'd actually had from NXT that he used to reference in promos and stuff, which is like the real dark, 
evil side of his personality that he never wants to see come out. And all of the bad booking that WWE got him has brought the fiend out. And mm-hmm. now that's going to spell doom and gloom for WWE. So it actually turns out it's spelled doom and gloom for a lot of match ratings because <laughs> he just had lots of one-star matches. It worked until they superheroed him out again. And it was, I see you, I have a lot more confidence in this regime writing for Bray Wyatt. 100%. Than I do for the last one. Oh yeah. And that goes without saying, I have a lot more faith in this regime in every sense than I do in the last one. So I don't necessarily have the same fears that I do if he had come back, you know, six months ago or a year ago or whatnot, because I I was still with the Mr. Rogers Bray and the Fiend and everything. I was with that whole presentation because, again, it felt thoughtful. And that's been a word I've been using recently to really describe what I like about wrestling and everything. It's just I can tell that thought has been put into something. And I definitely got that same feeling with the original Mr. Rogers Bray and everything. And then it was like as soon as they turned his attention to Seth, and it was really like once the Hell in a Cell match happened, it was like, all right, it's, yeah, it's broken now. The, You've ruined it. You put the red light on everything and made it impossible to see. And, you know, I remember at the time, like we did a whole bunch of videos around that Hell in a Cell thing. Actually, yeah. I remember like, even Dan said, you have done too many videos about this because we did like reactions to, we had a live reactions. We had reactions to the finish. We replayed on uh, Sean Waltman's reaction yeah. to it, where he went off on the fact that I had a DQ and a Hell in a Cell match with poor Denise Salcedo sat next to him. <laughs> Being like, oh, I've been hired by WWE. I can't say anything bad by like, on this, but this is bad. And then we had like news videos about it and everything in the podcast review. And it was just a man in one night, you killed this character dead because yeah. like it's just you've ruined everything about this character but there were people that defended it saying like guys he is a slasher villain the slasher villain that cannot be put down the slasher villain that hey you no matter how many times you shoot jason he just gets back up and he's there for the next installment of the movie or he gets back up until you chop his head off and that's what ends the the film or whatever it is but that also doesn't really work in wrestling no particularly in one match when it's his second match as well it really didn't work and that's my i think my other the first thing i would say if i was fantasy booking bray wyatt's return keep him as far away from that championship mm-hmm. for i mean ever like because what happened was he got so hot at SummerSlam, and he was the most talked about thing at SummerSlam. they were like well goddamn pal now we've got to put him in the main event because he's the hottest thing in the promotion and that's going to sell some pay-per-view tickets pal but the second you put him in the but we don't want to put the belt on him so then you have to find out a way to make him lose. And it's like, well, now we've got to try and repair the damage that we've done. So we've got to put him back into a world title program. And well, now I guess we've got to put the belt on him. And in doing so, you just completely hurt Seth and Seth mm-hmm. had to be repackaged. And that one decision to put him in that title match derailed everything that Bray had done up until that point. Yeah. So keep him far away from titles unless you want to put the belt on him and go on a storyline run with that belt. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, because again... Similarly to that SummerSlam, he's the most he's the most talked about thing coming out of Extreme Rules. So if this was the last regime, I'd have no doubt that they'd be like, well, goddamn, there's your opponent for Roman Reigns and whatnot. Another person for Roman to beat. Exactly. That's the thing where they looked at that and they said, well, Seth only just won this title. We don't want to beat him for it at Hell in a Cell. And then they did the finish that they did and it was arguably the worst main event WWE has ever has ever done. Mm-hmm. And then they couldn't do that again, so they put the belt on Bray. And you killed Seth Rollins' run. And, 
I mean, really, you killed the universal title there for a little bit. Like, until Roman Reigns won it, there was nothing saving that universal title. Yeah, well, actually, that is the catalyst for its really bad run. Because yeah. if I rem- so if I'm remembering this correctly, Bray wins it in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Then he has dog-ass feud with the Miz, of all people. Which Spliced might- in between Daniel Bryan getting good matches out of it. That's right. Somehow. Yeah, and there was some Danielson stuff in there as well. But it really like devalued the title and made it feel like a very mid-card thing. Mm-hmm. Then Goldberg beats him. Yep. And then Braun beats him, right? Yep. And then we go back into those, we go into the pandemic, and it's just Braun and Bray having bad matches until Roman wins. Yep. God, man, yeah, that, that is a really bad run for that belt. It is damning. Yeah. Like, and that that this is kind of like a side tangent to go on, but on like, this show, on this show, <laughs> we we've talked about in the lead up to to Vince leaving that. Oh, it didn't feel like there were like things to talk about with this era of WWE where it was just a bunch of like boring raws where nothing happens, like rematches from the last week and everything. And we were debating whether we prefer this approach or the end of 2019 approach where they made every bad decision that they could make for like six months. Yeah. Whether it was the, the Hell in a Cell finish, which was two days after Brock beat Kofi in that yeah, whole deal. Was, yeah. And leading that Brock Lesnar run into yeah. into everything, and then you follow that up with Bray being champion and having a dog ass match with the Miz as Mister Rogers Bray. That's right, it was Mister Rogers Bray. Bray Wyatt was like stalking the Miz's child and and everything, and then the Miz comes out for the match, and he still got his stupid glasses on, and he's still doing his stupid entrance as he's about to go fight for his daughter's safety and nonsense. But it was just this period of time where. Everything WWE was doing was the dirt worst that it had been in I do not know how long. And then we got, you know, like the post-pandemic kind of era there for a bit where instead it was just boring. Yeah, it was just we don't want to know what we're doing. We don't want to do anything too big because no one's here to see it. So Exactly. We're just we're just gonna fill three hours for the next few months. So to kind of tie it this all thing back won't in last no. forever. So we'll only be doing this for two months. Uh, <laughs> remember when they used to say that uh, the, they were just gonna have WrestleMania like at SummerSlam yeah. that year? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, oh, this will be done in three, four months. I remember me and Ollie doing a okay. It might be me and Ollie, it might be me and Laurie. Either way, it was one of the first, like, like the second Friday show that we ever did. Where I remember me, it's like, I mean, there's talk that we may not be out of this until November. Mm-hmm. And then people being like, guys, it won't last that long. We'll, ha- we'll be in this for a month or so, two months, and then come SummerSlam, that's when we'll do WrestleMania. We'll do the Hall of Fame there, and it'll be like, none of this ever happens. Yeah. I remember Brian and Dave were talking about that, and like, Brian was saying, like, I don't know why you do this empty building WrestleMania, like just wait until August and, and do it then with a crowd. And Dave's like, I don't think there's going to be a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we don't know that that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And at the time buddy. I was like, come on, Dave, don't be negative about things. <laughs> come then, on, Dave, I need Lord, this. <laughs> come on. But yeah, like again, to tie it all back in from that era to this one, I don't think that obviously I don't think that Bray Wyatt is the person to beat Roman Reigns. Nope. If we had two titles and they were separate, I think you could make the argument that Bray Wyatt as champion now into WrestleMania could be like a really fun story, depending on what this character ends up being. But you can't do that right now. You know, yeah. it's not the circumstances that we're in. Unless they separate these titles in the near future, which it doesn't seem like they're gearing up to do. I've still been running with the theory that we got from an Ultra Chat like two months ago that 
it'd be really good if it's uh, Survivor Series. They did like Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins in a ladder match for both belts, and they both grab one belt and fall down. And that's how you do the split where Roman doesn't have to lose. And it's like the best idea that I've heard since. Yeah. Because I don't know how else you do this, you know, because they haven't been running with the, well, he's going to defend both belts and wrestle two matches. They've got one name. Yeah, exactly. So in the circumstances that we are in with only one belt effectively, I don't think he needs to be around it and therefore doesn't need to be feuding with Roman Reigns. But then the question is, well, who does he feud with? Yeah, so that we've taken Roman off the table. We've taken Seth off the table. Um, he, would, he definitely want to take Orton off the table. Well, yeah. Orton's I mean, been off the table for a long time. Yeah, I mean, he's out with the back injury. He's out for the rest of the year anyway. But even so, like, even if Orton was well, I do not need to see those two again that for is a third time. the furthest thing we want to be doing. We want to be so far away from that. That Those two together are cursed. Yeah. Uh, we don't want The Miz. No. Um, Kevin Owens, I think, is doing way more interesting things with the bloodline mm-hmm. and Sami Zayn. you got Edge, I suppose, as, like a, as a top guy. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't hate it. You know, Edge kind of is doing this little, like, retirement run where he is just facing like all the top wrestlers and top workers in the promotion you know i'm also looking at the wrong thing as well because i should be looking at smackdown not raw (laughs) that's also fair but i mean yeah it's that that is an option yeah okay so let's let's go through the the smackdown Mm -hmm. division that we've got here so we've got angel gaza i don't think so no and we've got hit row hit Mm -hmm. row have got their own thing going on with legato adele phantasma Biggie's obviously out at the moment. Then there's Braun, which we don't really want to be doing. Rather not. Uh, the Brawling Brutes, who are doing amazing stuff with Imperium. Uh, Drew Gulak. Not likely. There's Drew, who is sort of still involved in his feud with Karrion Cross. Although, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be the guy that said, I told you so. But Karrion Cross has got the exact same thing with Bray Wyatt. It was like, amazing presentation, and the bell has to ring. Yeah... I think Bray is better in the ring than Karrion Cross yeah, is. I would 100% say yeah, that. But the, like, but the Fiend character yes, is as bad. That, absolutely. That, to me, is more of a, a matter of the presentation of things than the wrestler himself. Yeah. And, again, if they do a different character where he is allowed to just get in the ring and wrestle, I'm not as concerned about that. But if it is anything close to what we've gotten, whether it be... The fiend and all that nonsense. If there's any spookiness to it, as soon as as soon as they project the maggots onto the <laughs> ring, I'm just like, no, you've ruined it. I don't care anymore. Oh my god, I forgot about this about WWE that. title I, match at WrestleMania. When you said that him and Randy are cursed together, I was like, yeah, that was a really bad like six month run they had. But you're absolutely right. Like it extends way back until yeah. then as well. And like that, the maggots and everything is one of the worst things I've ever seen at a WrestleMania. They and that have had, had a lot of bad things. They've had the worst feud of the year in WWE in multiple years. Yeah, and that is impressive. It is impressive. Yeah, considering that, like the storyline leading up, that was awesome. The Viper in the family, it was rad up until it came about a cruise six and yeah. and burning down the shed. And I think Sister Abigail was supposed to be in there or something, and then the ashes of Sister Abigail and whatnot. And then it became spooky magic nonsense. There was one moment that I, because I was, this was actually the time where I was reviewing Wrestling Weekly for my university radio show. So I was watching all of these shows in full with like an analytical mindset. And I could not stand that this was the time where Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble 
and then Bray Wyatt won the WWE title, and Randy went, no, I don't want to have the Royal Rumble title shot. I don't want to give it up. Someone else is now. I won't fight you, Bray. And then, like, a week later, he's like, nah, actually, I was kidding. I want it. Yeah. And they were just like, okay. Was it 33? Yeah. Okay, so I did review that one. And I was just trying to think if I have a review of that out there in the ether. And I do, because it was sort of the first WrestleMania that me and I reviewed together. So mm. that does exist. Oh, yeah. Should have been a triple threat. 100% should have been a triple threat. Why Harper was not involved in that ba boggles my mind. Not a clue. Not a clue. So we've then got uh, Eric of the Viking Raiders. Hey, I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to be doing. Sarah Logan uh, is coming back into the mm. company as well. Typical WWE. or something ex-WWE guys. You know, <laughs> can't push their own talents. Uh, then we've got Giovanni of Imperium and Gunther of Imperium. Happy Corbin. I mean, he's been off TV for a while. He's not involved in a feud right now. Not long enough. <laughs> Can't wait for him to come back with JBL as his manager. Yeah, that was a story, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a report. I'm really not looking forward to that. <laughs> Do you think it's going to happen? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't see any other reason why he gets in JBL's limo unless they just drop the idea. But yeah. Um, Umberto Career, then that's turned into Angel, then with Ivar, the Usos, it's not going to be anything Bloodline related. Then there's Jinder. Then, then there's Karrion Cross, who we think might be still tied up with Drew, strap match. Then it's the New Day LA Knight, who is doing stuff with... He's uh, in Maximum the process of splitting with Maximum Male Models. But like, I'm not looking at LA Knight and being like, oh, what a perfect first feud there for, for Mr. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's difficult to yeah, it's difficult to say until we know what the character is, you know, because if this is a guy who is closer to the cult leader thing and can just look at like a charismatic personality and then just try and like dissect them and pick apart what makes them special and talk everybody through like no no no, this is why you're a dime a dozen and why I'm special and everything. I think LA Knight would be like, you know, a good foil for that but that is dependent on what the character is yeah whether with this is a faction based thing you know right like if maybe the white six are just going to wrestle the matches and brace just on the outside just in the rocking chair or what have you just sort of watching on for what happens like if they're all in the masks and the costumes and everything like that which may be great it might be absolutely awful we don't yeah. know. It depends on who's in the masks i guess Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I, the, the first person that's jumped out to me that could, you know, a potential, like, good first match for him or first good fuse, Ricochet. Because mm. Ricochet is a guy that is on SmackDown but doesn't have much of a direction right yeah. now. So maybe that could be your first, just like, that is an almost an easy win. Mm-hmm. Bray versus Ricochet, you're probably going to get some really good matches out of it because Ricochet's awesome and Bray's great. And it doesn't have to be a big main event thing and it right. also doesn't hurt or pull anyone away from something else they're doing that could arguably be better that that's very fair because again you get into a lot of uh a lot of difficult territory here well you're not going to beat bray no nope. and you'd probably want him to beat who he's facing here and you don't want to do dqs and countouts and schmas finishes because that will just lead to a lesser interest in what you're doing so you got to put him up against someone that he can conceivably beat, but isn't going to hurt them in whatever else they're doing. And I mean, Ricochet's name is the first one I've heard that has made sense. Yeah, it's uh, him or Nakamura, I think, are probably the two names that I've got. Yeah, those are guys that are great, that aren't really doing much right now, and they're on SmackDown that yeah. you could you could do something with. Because afterwards, after that, it's... It's, you know, Ridge Holland, who's obviously with the Brawling Brutes. Roman Reigns not doing that. Sammy's involved in that. Santos Escobar, Shanky, Solo Sokoa, Top Dollar, and Xavier Woods. Like, they're all just in other factions doing other things. Definitely going to be Shanky. <laughs> this is what's going to get him to <laughs> Jin- stop dancing. J- Jinder and Shanky. Uh. That's, that's the big first feud there. So, like, there's not a whole lot you can do there. So, does that then raise the question of do you do what they did with Mr. Rogers Bray, which is you debut him the night after WrestleMania, but you do not have your first match until SummerSlam. I think so. So we may not have a Bray Wyatt match until, I mean, the Rumble is mm. like the, probably the first big paper you could do, or do you just wait until Mania? I think you could debut him as an entrant in the Royal Rumble. But then but not have him win? I don't think you necessarily need to. You know, oh, it's a good way to I like no, like if you, you get know. to the rumble and you don't win and like that's the first thing you're doing with him and he doesn't win the rumble, I think you'll get a lot of like, well that's the that's him ruined. Well, I agree, like on the surface it doesn't matter because twenty nine people lose the rumble. Yeah. Like he is just one of twenty nine. But then again, he is just he's just one of twenty nine other guys. I think it depends on who you end up having win the Royal Rumble. Because if it is like a returning Cody Rhodes or, you know, or how he's taken out of the Royal Rumble. Right, exactly. Like, I think it all comes down to the execution of things. Because I don't think he needs to be in matches right away. I think it's much more important to develop whatever character he's going to have. 
And then once you have that in place, all of a sudden, then maybe you can start molding the storylines around that. You can start moving the rest of the puzzle pieces around in ways that fit with him, as opposed to trying to just look at a bunch of random assortment of guys and being like, eh, I guess him, you know? Which is kind of what I feel like, you know, Reddit and YouTube comments and Twitter and stuff are doing when they're putting together their fantasy pools for who the Wyatt Six are. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're seeing a lot of the same names, Liv Morgan, Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy. And it's basically just like, well, Grayson Waller, I think, is only cropping up because he keeps bringing it up. Liv Morgan is the Alexa Bliss of, you know, a few years ago, where it's like, well, she's a bit kooky, so she's got to be the sister Abigail right. of this group. And Joe Gacy, because he's also a cult leader. And oh god, it's it's the entire Joe Gacy diehard thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and like, you know, and because like the last QR at least they can code work. The, the last QR code before uh, Extreme Rules, the one that was on Raw, apparently in the binary code was the word Gacy, mm. which was a good, lovely little misdirect for those people who were like adamant that it wasn't Bray Wyatt. And it was guys, the white rabbit was carrying Cross's name in yeah. Lucha Underground. Like, guys, you're you're missing it. It's all gonna be Joe Gacy. So I think it was one, and Joe Gacy himself lends into that by tweeting up that photo of the Philadelphia skyline and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see, like, as part of NXT call-ups in this, Waller and Gacy as part of this act. Like, I, I mean, should we scroll down to NXT and see who else you could put in there? And we can go for it. I don't, hey, like, you were asking where's Boa today. I was asking where's <laughs> Boa. Has not wrestled since January 25th. Losing a match to Sol Sokoa and then has just vanished. My God, there's loads of people in NXT right now. Andre Chase, Apollo Crews, Axiom. Like, I mean, there's none of those. Boa, not be Bron Breaker. It's not be Brooks and Jensen. Is that what the tag team's called? Brooks and Jensen? No, that's one guy. I make that mistake all the time. <laughs> what are it's, they called? It's Briggs and Jensen. Oh, Briggs Josh and Jensen. Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Yeah. But I keep thinking they're but called Brooks and Jensen. It the sounds guy like it should be Brooks and Jensen. It sounds better. <laughs> Dude has two last names somehow. They might be called up to the main roster as well. Uh, like they were on main event or some some uh -huh. nonsense. The, anyway, the virgin loser Brooks Jensen. <laughs> Did he ever get laid? I don't know. I stopped watching NXT. I never got the conclusion of that story. Uh, Shall I just Google? Uh, I'll Control F or Command F and see if Virgin comes up. <laughs> virgin. No, zero of zero. Oh. So I, I can't confirm. Ooh. Um, Someone needs to update his Wikipedia. Uh, it's not going to be Cameron or Carmelo Hayes. It's not going to be Commander Aziz. It'll be Dante Chen, Duke Hudson, Elton Prince, and then there's Grayson Waller, Aikman Jiro. I mean, he hasn't got Kushida anymore, so, mm. you know, once he's done pooping in the bathroom, maybe uh, he can go and join a cult. I'm sorry you had to fill in for that episode. <laughs> and then you've got the former, what did you do to my beautiful boys of the grizzled young veterans? Uh... JD Madonna, highly unlikely. He's probably not the coffees. Uh, oh, yeah, look, Josh Briggs. There he is. Not going to be the Creeds. Kit Wilson. It's the other pretty deadly fellow. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, not going to be the coffees. Odyssey Jones, doesn't seem likely. And there's Rip Fowler. I think he's not going to be Roderick Strong, seems unlikely. Sanger seems unlikely. Tyler Bates, Veer Mahan. Von Wagner, maybe. <sighs> God. Put the big boy in there. Uh-huh. But the Von Wagner would get called up. If this was Vince's <laughs> regime, Von Wagner would have already been on the on the main roster. He's 6-4. Why isn't he on the main roster already? Because he can't wrestle. Because he is he is as generic as a glass of water and plain toast. <laughs> I click Von Wagner and 
it has redirected me to Wayne has a son called Cal Bloom, who is a professional wrestler, Simon WWE, and said, Tony DeForest, Ben NXT, Cal Bloom made his debut in a fatal four way, now wrestling name. Does Von Wagner not have a Wikipedia page? Is but that his... his entire thing on. Yeah, because his dad huh. does. I was just thinking that. Because I was like. Von Wagner. I was like, he, he's not 64. He's not he, older than Billy Gunn. He, like, wrestled Kyle O'Reilly and, like, had some high profile ish matches. Von Wagner does not have a Wikipedia page. Ron Wagner. Nope. That just, is, uh, that is incredible. <laughs> that is the most damning indictment of a wrestler, a pushed wrestler that I have ever seen. He's been there for so long. <laughs> he, he debuted in the like the championship four-way match. He would not have a Wikipedia link had his dad not be a wrestler. He would have wow. been one of these other dorks here, like Tony D'Angelo, that don't have Wikipedia pages. That's insane. <laughs> uh, and then you got Wesley, Wolfgang, and Zion Quinn. There's not a whole lot of names that jump out of there of just like, well, that's who you put in the white six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's difficult to say. I mean, of the ones that are there, I mean, Joe Gacy and the, the I've, former Grizzled Young Vets are the ones that are the best fit. Yeah, because like it's a it's a lateral move. Yeah. As opposed to taking someone and completely taking apart their character and putting them into something else. Yeah. Which I think they're almost trying to move away from. They're trying to make more of an NXT to the main roster, more of a transitional thing of like, this is your character here, you'll be the same character here. What a novel concept. What a novel concept indeed. So to then kind of in one of your first big moves, just take five or six guys and be like, and we're going to just ignore everything you did mm -hmm. in NXT and make you these new characters here. We'll retribution you. Yeah. Does seem counter counterproductive to what you might be doing. Yeah. I mean, it would keep us potentially from hearing any more Joe Gacy promos. It's true. So I don't necessarily hate that idea because... I mean, He's Joe a Wikipedia Ga page. Yeah, Joe Gacy and like uh, the Grizzled Young Vets are all very good workers. Go on, the Grizzled Young Vets are an incredible tag team. Yeah. yeah, like if you're looking for people who need to wrestle matches in place of Bray, potentially, those wouldn't be the worst choices of people to wrestle. Yeah. So if you were to given the options of Bray as a singles guy or Bray's got a faction, which uh, which attracts you more? Uh, see, it's it's so difficult to say because like the the visual of these people wrestling in in creepy mascot outfits and just it's Five Nights at Freddy's in a wrestling ring, that doesn't really do much for me. It's a very Bray Wyatt thing, right? Yeah, it does. At that point, still feel a little kooky, a little bit uh, spooky, hocus pocus. Unless it is the the idea that I had earlier, which is like part of the cult is that like Bray. I'm trying to like sort of backstory this and give this character yeah bray's character has abandoned the fire excuse me has abandoned the firefly finance has abandoned the puppets but the puppets are still with him mentally so mm -hmm. he is now just trying to he's giving the puppets human form so he, it's not really mercy the buzzards it's but a, he has crowned someone within his cult you are my mercy mm -hmm. you are my huskers you are my rambling rabbits and that is that for me moves it away from ooky spooky scary skeletons right and just makes it more grounded backwards red state type deals if that's the case i don't hate that idea i think that's fun i think that there again is a lot of like psychological storytelling that you could do with that and really develop a relationship with each of these characters and 
Because that, that to me is what is the best part right now of the Roman Reigns bloodline Sami Zayn whole thing that they've got going on is each of these characters has completely different relationships with everyone else in the group. Like it's not just Roman Reigns and his five lackeys or anything like that. It is, but he has very different relationships with every single person in that group. If this would allow for Bray Wyatt to be the head of this cult and have people that he would treat each one of them differently depending on which of these characters they have inherited. That's a really fun idea. Continue how much he hated rambling rabbits. Yeah. Like he would keep, keep he get murdering rambling rabbits. Like so if that becomes part of like his, you know, he just keeps berating whoever is under the rambling rabbit costume. Mm-hmm. There's some fun in that. Granted, when I see those costumes and you look back and watch it, my first thought was, well, those would be difficult to wrestle in. Yeah, so like, <laughs> then you've really got to alter like how those costumes <laughs> look. <laughs> it also brings up the point. I, someone made this on Twitter, which I hadn't really thought about. In that five is the fiend, which means you would have to have someone else be the fiend. Mm. And does that really work? If like, is that not just having Luke Gallows be Kane? Mm. You're just sort of like handing over. Like Bray is the fiend. Is he? Is he made someone else the new fiend? And then are we? Are we going to watch someone wrestle a fiend style match? But it's not Bray Wyatt doing it because that doesn't sound great to me. I don't want to see the fiend style of match ever again. Yeah. Personally, just. I get the idea of the slasher movie villain and you do everything you can, but he just keeps coming. But I tell you, I hated The Undertaker's early matches too. You know, I don't think it's totally fine for other people. If you enjoy it, more power to you. But I don't. It's not what I enjoy out of that. It's like Bret Hart used to say it's like wrestling Frankenstein. Exactly. It's exactly like that. And... Even though Brett, come on, it's Frank Stein's monster, man. Come on. <sighs> Brett. Oh. Brett knows nothing. <laughs> oh, you leave Brett alone. <laughs> Maybe he's the four out of ten in this situation. Uh, Brett the lit man heart. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not one for the spooky, scary stuff in, in wrestling. And if it's like the Fiend had good matches. Maybe one. Like, the strap match he had with Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble was that a was good, good match. It was a good match. And to me, that was an effective way. Maybe it was just because they didn't have the stupid lights on. but It did help. As, as well as the Balor one. Yeah. I mean, the Balor one was easy because, like, you don't, he didn't need to sell. Yeah. He didn't need to be forced to sell. Squash match. It was a squash match. It was great. And then the Royal Rumble match was, again, just the good balance of you are incapable of killing this monster without it actually being a B-horror movie where it was like, oh, he's terrifying. It's just like, no, you're going to do your best to kill this man, but he's just not going to die. Yeah. You know, I've ne- I've always hated like the spots they would do where like John Cena goes to hit the ropes and do the five knuckle shuffle and Bray does a stupid like, you know, the, the, crab, the crab walk. He's like, whoa! It's like, just kick him! <laughs> and fall down. Remember Seth crying because the fiend came out of the ring that one time? Yeah. I was like, he's your top baby face. Yeah. And having you go like, and that's how we end Raw that week. I, Awful. I can't handle that sort of thing. I think it damages a lot more than it helps. Oh, yeah. But if there is that happy medium to have each of those matches be closer to that Daniel Bryan match where it is just he's 
Gonna be able to take an inhumane amount of punishment and not die. Sorry, Tempest, what you're basically asking for is every match that he has be against Brian Danielson yes, levels of talent. Luke, <laughs> that is all I want. Wrestling would be perfect if everybody was on the level of Brian Danielson. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like that much to ask for. It's not really that big of an ask when you think about if it. If everyone was the best of all time, this show would be great. We wouldn't have a problem with The Fiend. <sighs> But yeah, that, I think if you at least wrestle the style of match that that one was, yeah, as opposed to the Hocus Pocus stuff, just he sells a lot, but he doesn't die. I think that is easy. You give the yeah. fiend persona to someone who will be able to withstand an inhumane amount of punishment, and that's his way of portraying the fiend. Just this character will not die. The wrestler is not going to die. You're going to have to put him down and put him down good. Maybe with only one jackhammer, but you'll need to put him down in order for that to work. I think that you could get away with something like that, but obviously it is sort of a weird gray area where I don't know if it's worth doing that just because of the comparisons it will always have yeah. to another wrestler and, exactly. and everything. You typically try to avoid stuff like that. It is it's hard to do. I, felt, I remember feeling like... I was very conflicted with all the Bray Wyatt matches. I mean, I know I don't want to keep going back to to that discussion we had earlier, mm -hmm. when people would tell me it's like, surely you of all people would like this style of match because I'm. I mean, I'm a guy. I've got a Jason tattoo. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a Friday the Thirteenth nut. I'm a Friday the Thirteenth fanatic. And yeah, someone would be like, surely, like you get it though, right? Like you get this. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, but it's bad wrestling. Yeah. Like it's bad on a wrestling show. It works great in a 82 minute movie mm -hmm. but it does not work in a 15 minute wrestling match yeah like the two are very very different things and it, it like that style just didn't work so I, I you're right like with the fiend as part of the white six because you do need the fiend there to make up the number six i almost feel like he shouldn't be part of the the stable in a way like just have it as mercy rambling rabbit and uh huskus with sister abigail and then just the fiend is just this scary persona that, you know, you can have Bray there always threatening that the fiend is going to come yeah. out. He is part of the Wyatt Six, but it is still just Bray. Mm -hmm. And Bray is too afraid to l let the fiend come out again. I think that I think that is also a good idea. Because then you could build up to a fiend match mm -hmm. and just have one fiend match a year. Yeah. Like, even less than that. Like, you make Fiend your Hell in a Cell. Like, mm -hmm. you only do Hell in a Cell when you really need to end something. Like, what they tried to do with, what Vince tried to do with the Demon and, and failed miserably mm -hmm. with it. Um, so we've kind of gone through the rosters. The only other potential here is returns. Because mm -hmm. if there's one thing that Trips has a massive boner for, it's bringing back all the people that his father-in-law fired. And and the pops that come with them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take his Mickey out of it for that. Absolutely, Abs absolutely not. Like he's giving people work and he's giving them money, and that is a thumbs up from me. Making this show better, that's for damn sure. And the <clears throat> the two names that obviously have jumped up, Bo Dallas. Yeah, uh, I think he'll be involved in this. Yeah. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. According to Alvarez, is coming back to the company, and mm -hmm. it's gonna be very very soon. If they bring back Bo Dallas and he's not part of this faction, they have no clue what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wild that this has gone on for so long and Bray Wyatt has had the character that he has had or the characters that he has had for so long and he's never involved his real-life brother in this. It just feels like it would be a slam-dunk answer. But thing. It's so strange. I would be... Absolutely gobsmacked if, if he just if he's not involved in this. One hundred percent. And uh Redbeard. 
former Eric Rowan. Yeah. Like he is the member of the Wyatt family. Unfortunately, Luke Harper, Brody Lee passed away a couple of years ago. So Rowan's the only one that is left because Braun's already there. Mm -hmm. And I could see Rowan also being part of this, bringing back one of the original Wyatt family members. You know, if you have, I don't want to use this term here, but Bo is kind of the replacement for Harper because you can't have your Harper. Like that's your tag team there. And then I, maybe that's the Wyatt Six and like the, the puppets and everything in the human forms is just was big red herrings that we weren't supposed to really understand what they meant. Um, you know, like how Tim Burton said the ending of his Planet of the Apes movies isn't supposed to make sense. <laughs> Good one, Tim. Oh, that... See, I'm glad that there wasn't Twitter around when that movie came out. <laughs> because that is the sort of thing that would get people going, well, you see, he's subverting your expectations. <laughs> I think you'll find that's actually brilliant. It's a stupid ending to a stupid movie. <laughs> and I am a Planet of the Apes mark. Mm -hmm. I I remember I did, me and my friends did a big watch long. We watched all the Planet of the Apes movies. We used to do it quite a lot, actually. We watch all the Planet of the Apes movies back to back. And every time we're like, oh, well, we've got to put on the remake, I guess, because that's the next one. We have to watch the remake, otherwise we're not allowed to watch Rise. There you go. I was going to say, if you ended with the remake, that would be a real, a real damp ending. Well, there's a period. We used to do it before the remake was, like, before Rise was out. The remake nice. used to be our full stop. Like, that had to be the ending, because there were no more Planet of the Apes movies for us to watch. It's like finishing your Rocky marathon with Rocky Five. <laughs> it's like, without Creed, or just or, stopping or Rocky, at Rocky Four or like, Rocky Balboa. Balboa. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the one I want to end on. And exactly. then Creed starts a brand new, like, uh, anyway, that's beside the point. I actually forgot the point I was making. Um... <laughs> oh yeah, so maybe like we're just like that entrance with all the yeah. characters that that's not supposed to make sense. It was not something that'll ever be explained. But I could see Bo and and Rowan being a part of this in some capacity. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all if if either or both of them were. Yeah, I would. With maybe it's just because we've heard you know pray tell of of Bo Dallas coming back to WWE. Yeah, and yeah. That just makes me say well. That timing sure is convenient now, isn't it? We could just see him slotted into this. I think it makes the most sense. There's a lot of, you know, storyline potential there. But even if they are two of the people that get in that inherit some of these personas, I don't know which ones necessarily, but I think that you could do something there. Have two of them be Mercy or Huskis or, yeah. or whatnot. You know, combine the ideas a little bit. I think that there's a lot of potential right there. I'm just going through some of the other release names. Uh, Morrison, Swerve, obviously can't be him. Drake Maverick, bring him back for a third time. Yeah. Why not, eh? Uh, Jackson Riker. No, thanks. Uh, Keith Lee, Fab, Karen Cross, Scarlett Bordeaux. Curry, there's all these people are already back. Eva Marie, Harry Smith, only Lorcan, apparently he's already back. Uh, Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik. Yeah, a lot of these names are jumping out to me. Well, there's lots of them. Lots, lots of ones of them. that you can pick from. Bronson Reed, he's on his way back. Yeah, reportedly so. Wild. Russell, the G1, have a great match with Okada, and then just go back to WWE. <laughs> well, I mean, Carl Anderson's a freaking champion over there. This is the he's the never openweight champion, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, you know, wouldn't be the strangest thing to happen this year. Kona Reeves? Finally, something for Tesco's finest, Kona uh, Reeves to do. Oh... Uh, Talk about a name I haven't thought about in a year. <laughs> I don't want to dunk on people who lost their job, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get like this Killian Dane. Yeah. Uh, if, if Killian Dane, if I'm bringing him back, I'm bringing back Sanity. Yeah. That, uh, that is what I prefer. Yeah. That That's totally fair. You know, honestly, that's a totally separate conversation, but 
I wouldn't be sad seeing Eric Young back in WWE under oh. Triple H. Triple H loved sanity. I love sanity. And suddenly we're a rad little act. That music that was like both awful and great at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was a brilliant little faction. Oh, man. When they won the tag titles at that takeover oh, and they dude. did the 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 really creative bit where they like brawled with uh, the Authors of Pain to start the match and one of them never got tagged in and just as he was about to, Eric Young like pulls him off of the, the apron and goes, no, 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 I'm the one representing Sanity, the fresh man. Getting, I was like, that is so creative. That's such a new, cool way of doing this free bird rule type thing. I really like that. Was yeah, awesome. I, I would like to see Sanity. What a faction. Back. Also, it would give Nikki something better to do. Yeah. What if she's still a superhero? I don't even know. No, no, she gave it up. Well, she took her mask off and cried when she lost to Candice LeRae. But mm -hmm. that was always like that was like three weeks ago. So maybe they're waiting for Eric Young's impact contract to <laughs> run out. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of other names that are really jumping out. Uh, yeah, that would be like, oh, easy wins to, to yeah. put into this group, right? So yeah, so I don't know. I'm actually very interested to see the comment section on this about like who from NXT, who from the main roster you would like to see part of a Wyatt faction, should there be one, or whether you just want to see Wyatt as a singles guy. Mm. Wyatt is, a for me, like the last point I'll sort of make on this and kind of to wrap things up, Wyatt for me is a guy that likes things to be a real slow burn. Mm-hmm. This is actually a lot of the heat that I took when I said that he like they didn't do anything on Raw. I was like, Wyatt likes a slow burn. Give him time. I was like, I'm all for that, but not like, the point. that's not the like. There's a you see those. You can two, start the slow burn tonight. Yeah, I was gonna say you see those are two different arguments, right? Yeah. Like there is starting a storyline and then just not starting a storyline. They went for option B. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I could see them really delaying this for a long time and him not having a match until Mania. Mm -hmm and really drawing this out, really meaning what a Bray Wyatt return actually is and what it looks like. Rob Fee, the guy they brought in, yeah. is long-term creative storytelling. Like he's come from a Marvel comics background and a horror background. They are clearly in the mindset of, let us, let's take a lot of time with telling this story. And so, yeah, I could see them going months and months and months and months and months before Bray has a match. I honestly, I think that is the best way to do it. Because I don't want any of this to be rushed. Nope. I don't want him to just be wrestling for the sake of wrestling. If he is going to have a new character, I want them to take their time, establish that character, establish what his motives are, establish what his goals are, everything. Establish every bit of this character to make him as three-dimensional as possible instead of what we've gotten in the past. Which is you start that way for sure, and then as soon as he gets in the ring, then he just becomes a, a spooky horror villain. Yeah. I want to avoid that sort of thing. And if that means putting off an actual in-ring return long enough for him to have a fully defined character, I think that's the best way to do it. I think that would serve and make that eventual match feel the biggest. So if you want to do that at WrestleMania, boy, is that another attraction you can put on those cards. Right. You know, the, I think it makes the most sense to do it that way. I hope this is a... One of the earlier examples of Triple H and WWE's long-term booking that they'll be doing a lot more of since the departure of Vince McMahon. And if that ends up happening, I think this has the potential to be one of their best examples of that. Yeah, same here. Uh, saying that, he'll probably wrestle on Friday now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll look like massive doofuses. <laughs> they won't have a match till WrestleMania. He's oh, like, nope, he's on Lord. SmackDown wrestling Shanky. Like, that'll end up happening. Um, I was, I was going to make one final point there and I've actually completely forgot. I've got a Pete. 
and I've forgotten the last thing I was going to say. So it couldn't have been that important. Really. No, couldn't have been. Uh, and like a lot of things uh, I say on this show, it couldn't have been that important. <laughs> Let us know what you would do with Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. Let us know in the comments down below. Uh, please press the thumbs up button on this video. Give us a subscribe if you made it all the way to this end and you haven't done so already. Uh, we'll be back on... Hey, it's you and Sat. It is. Reviewing SmackDown. You're yes. going to be reviewing. Like Bray Wyatt's going to make his intentions known, apparently. So... You get to review that. I would have to imagine that we'll lead with that. Do you want to see uh, what we else? We do this every week. Yep. There's never anything announced for SmackDown. <laughs> Wait I don't know for why it. we're keeping this bit going. Wait for it. Mm -hmm. uh, Gunther steals a victory. It's always the results. Bray White journeys to SmackDown. Kofi Kingston versus Sammy. That's right. LA Knight versus Mansoir. Mm-hmm. Versus... Eh, it's two more things than we usually get. Yeah, there you go. There's three things advertised. Sami Zayn versus K uh, Kofi Kingston is going to be fun. That's going to be a great Sounds match. And, and LA Knight. Yeah. 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 I don't think I didn't like. I didn't get LA Drake in, in yeah. Impact. Yeah. He, he points. Yeah, I know. No. He does your thing. Yeah, he stole my gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> anyway, we'll be that be tomorrow. Tempest and Sat Yangi reviewing SmackDown. I'm sure it will go live at three this time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> uh, so check that out tomorrow. Uh, I have been Luke Owen. D-A-D. That has been Tempest, your Jam That Champion. Jam That Jam. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.